0: Welcome to LifePoint with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi folks, thanks for joining me for day four with my staff, uh, T.J. Samuelo, Maxwell Buchanan. Max is my youth pastor, T.J. my associate we've just been talking about a myriad of issues this week and just sharing with things and just being open and honest. I love having the guys, they just happened to randomly stop by the studio today and that was kind of cool. So I said, Hey, let's get some shows done and they can hear you because you know, there'll be times over the course of time they're going to be sharing on the air and I so appreciate them. So Max, good to see you.
1: Ah, it's good to be here. Thanks for inviting us down. Well, we kind of invited ourselves. But, yeah. yeah.
0: Did you get any sleep last night with the baby?
1: Uh not last night. But uh, the pediatrician just said that if he's not fussing or anything, don't don't wake him up. Just uh, let him go eight hours. So maybe maybe tonight we're I,
0: praying. I sure hope so. And, and TJ, you're doing all right. Mm. I'm doing better than I deserve. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, TJ here recently went on a trip to Portland with me, and uh, I had to pick him up at a golf tournament. And the funny thing about it is he won the golf tournament. In fact, the first round of that golf tournament, he shot a 77. I don't know how you did that. What's with that?
2: Yeah, uh, was able to salvage around where I still had a couple double bogeys and bogeys and stuff, so it was uh, it was helpful.
0: That was amazing, amazing performance. We're going to be in a tournament uh, uh, several times, and I'm not a golfer, but TJ is, and Max is probably a lesser golfer than me because I don't think he ever does it. So that's probably a wise decision. Well, hey, let me let's talk today about Philippians chapter four, verses one through seven. Let me read it, and we'll chat about it. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord. In this way, dear friends, I plead with Eudodia, and I plead with Syntyche to be the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help. These women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident in all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, I want to talk about uh, people that the church couldn't do without, who your body of Christ couldn't do without. Uh, You know, and that's you. That's people. Paul organized many churches, and his interest in them never ceased. This was only a natural thing. Some of these churches pleased him, and some of them disappointed him, as you can read through his letters and you can find out. It seems like that the church at Philippi was his favorite. In the text, he calls the members of that church, my brethren, dearly beloved. And he felt the church at Philippi represented the crowning work of his life. And of course, it brought him to the greatest joy. There are some people in every church like these in Philippi, great Christian people who bring joy to their pastors, to their leaders. They are a crown to their pastors. They make life worthwhile. They cause our hearts to swell with joy. The church could uh, not get along without them. Well, you know what? Who are they? I am going to talk about who the church can't get along without. But don't you guys agree with me that you know there is people in the church that you so desperately need? We really do need each other, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's key in each in every aspect of all of our different ministries that that we tackle. We all have people that that are kind of you know um, around and, and help serve, and so yeah.
0: Well, you've had a bunch of leaders in the youth group. Oh yeah, It'll help absolutely. You lead over the course of time, and they—they're they're there. Seem like all the time. Yeah,
1: honestly, couldn't do ministry without, without our leaders for sure. You have a
0: gal Jackie who goes to school Lewis and Clark in uh, Lewiston Idaho, but every single break she gets, she comes home and she's back involved in youth, even on her two day vacations. Yeah, it's crazy,
1: and and the kids really flocked to her. I mean, they all just love her, and we have several leaders that are just very very good, and and you know the kids just love being around them, and so.
0: And TJ has a group of young friends about his age in his late 30s uh, that are uh, – that they just seem to get involved about everything at the church. And I know it's a lot of It's you and Courtney's influence in their lives. They've just really stepped up.
2: Yeah. It, you know, I was just talking – Max and I were talking about this on our way over to the station today about, you know, just interacting with those that are in a – current life situation that we're at. Maybe it's a demographic, maybe it's what we're walking through in our faith. Um, maybe it's just the relationship of encouraging, but, um, to really live life with them. And as they see the value and stuff and they go and discipleship starts to take place and they duplicate themselves, it makes our job so much easier as communicators of the gospel because it's duplicated and they're doing, uh, more than we could obviously do on our own. And so to really have them in their abilities, gifts and talents, uh, man, it's just so awesome. And like I said, you know, we talked about earlier this week, they get an opportunity to reach people, uh, that we don't get as pastors. And they get an opportunity to speak in people's lives, not with an angle of, oh, well, I'm supposed to say this because I'm a pastor. They do it like they're working in the same job that they have. They're doing the same thing that someone else has. But when they struggle, they see them and they say, how do you get through this? And that's their opportunity to say, it's not me, but my
0: God. Well, you know, the church couldn't get along without those people. The church cannot get along without faithful people. The church would not be at it is, where it is today without people. I'm not just talking about our church. Talk about any of your churches. You need to have faithful people. You need people that, uh, that are doing the work of Christ. In fact, Matthew twenty five twenty one, Jesus says, Well done, the good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. We need to be good and faithful. Are you good and faithful in your church, folks? Are you good and faithful in making a difference in the kingdom? Or what are you doing? In 1927, I love talking about sports, Lou Gehrig of the New York Yankees was an outstanding baseball player of the year. During his lifetime, he played in more consecutive games than any other man in history of the sport. He never missed a game. They called him the Iron Man of baseball. What made Lou Gehrig so great? Well, folks, it was his faithfulness. Every day he was out there on first base doing his best. Now, if Christ picked out the most outstanding member of your church, who would it be? Well, don't think about that because we don't want to put people on a pedestal. But it would surely be one of those who are Most faithful. I can think, even in my church today, I can think of many, many faithful people. I think growing up in my father's church that he pastored, I can think of some of the great faithful people. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So our prayer is this God, give us faithful Christians. We need people who are faithful in giving. People in faithful and Christian living and service and witness and being a part of a faithful congregation day in and day out, we couldn't get along without faithful people. You know we need that, and I'm so thankful we have some. I'm so thankful each church has some if we had a church full of them, I think guys that we'd be able to reach the world you know i and you guys could understand this the church could not do without willing people, you know, and you've you've known willing people, your mom uh, Max. Uh she's a tremendous servant in your church in California.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She's she's been uh they my family has been at that church for forever since my dad was younger than when my mom and dad got married. They were there and now my mom's on staff and she coordinates all of their volunteers and, and does all this kind of different stuff around there. Um, but she just works around the clock. She knows that that's her her calling and it's it's cool to see.
0: And, and TJ, your folks, they're, they're certainly servants in the area of that too. They just, they've always been involved in churches, always been involved in leadership. But more than that, as we talked the other day about your Samoan culture, always involved with hospitality. I mean, your mom, in fact, offered to have all of us over recently in, in, when we stopped in, Port, in Vancouver, Washington, to visit and just to make a meal for us.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, they instilled that in me early, and, you know, like as we know with churches, to be able to, uh, you know, I used to teach at, a, at the Bible school in Vancouver as well, but to see that aha moment or when that light comes on for people in their spiritual walk and they're like, oh man, you mean I can do what I do or I'm good at or that I'm passionate about and I can use that for the kingdom. And you see that light come on and they're so grateful to have that uh, avenue or impact. And then you just kind of wind them up and turn them loose and, and God happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, you know, the church... Church couldn't do without people of vision, people that just see things and people want to get things done. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 29 18, where there is no vision, that people will perish. All around us there are unsaved, unchurched people and by the hundreds that are perishing. And the question is, what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? We need to have a vision. Then we need a vision worldwide. You know, John says, you know, hey, in chapter four, we we need to minister to people across this world. In fact, in Matthew, Jesus says, you know, go to all nations, preaching the gospel. And of course, T.J., you're involved in missions. Max, you're involved in missions too. But T.J. is running our missions and is involved with many of them, and might even possibly go to Africa this next year. I don't know what is we're we're planning, but somewhere we like sending T.J. somewhere every year to check on missions that are going on that we're involved in, and then also to see firsthand because. We don't we like supporting missions but we want to know what we're supporting and we wanna know they have value. And boy, I tell you what, you be first you have to have people with vision. In fact, one of the ones we support in his church is some of you guys you listen to on the radio, Vincent Dr. Vincent Katuku, our church actually supports doctor Vincent and man, he cares so deeply for those hurting people without without God and without home. It's over there in uh Kenya. And he has that school, I guess, and I don't know, it, it several hundred, isn't it? Yeah, and right now they're
2: currently in a campaign to raise money for a uh, not only just a cafeteria, uh, it's much more than that. It's kind of like their community center, the chance where they get to have church and all those kind of things. So they're working on a building right now uh,
0: for that, but it's a really cool opportunity. And we're going to actually have a fundraiser. I mean, we're going to try to uh share some things. We got a video we're going to show of that and we're hoping our church will get behind and raise some money cuz it's going to be doubled. Anybody He's got a hundred thousand donated, and uh, every bit he can raise is gonna. It's gonna be. I mean, the hundred thousand will be matched. Is what I'm trying to say. So I'm hoping that people get out there and will help that cause because it, it is a difference maker. And the thing about Dr. Vincent Katuku is this: uh, he's optimistic. You ask Vincent anytime, anywhere, anywhere. How's he doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. He says, and he means it. He is blessed, but he is so positive, and, and I'm telling you what, I love it because he makes a difference, and we don't know for sure, but TJ may get a chance to go see all that, but whatever it is, folks, we gotta, we just got to be about the business of God. The church can't do without you. The kingdom of God can't do without you. God can't do without you. Guys, we're out of time. Hey, thanks for joining me this week, Max. Yeah, it was fun. And TJ? Glad to be here. Lord bless you, folks. Have a great week.